Hey everybody, welcome to Here's a Deal with Rick Countryman. I'm glad that you're with me. It's Wednesday, uh, June the 8th. And um, over the last month, I've had different senior pastors on the, the program. And I had one scheduled today and he called me and he's, he has uh, covid so he's not able to make it today. And I thought about not doing something, but, but I'm going to. Um, anyway, if you're watching on Facebook, thank you for tuning in and make sure you hit share, get it out there, get the word out. If you're listening to the podcast, man, I'm really grateful for you. Um, make sure when I'm done, you leave it a rating, a five star rating and uh, leave some sort of comment and that helps. Um, I've received a bunch, just a lot of emails and texts, and I've had conversations with people that I meet uh, at the grocery store or wherever, uh, just yesterday or the day before at the gas station, and they watch the, the, the program, and um, a lot of people appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad. You know, the goal is just to get some good thoughts out there so that you, uh, the consumer, if you will, the listener, can, can think about some of these weighty things of the faith or whatever it might be, have discussions with your friends maybe about some of these issues. And uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a good thing. So here's what I'd, I'd like to do uh, today is I want to kind of go back over the four topics that we've looked at. And I've just been asking senior pastors, hey, what is an issue that the church is facing? It doesn't necessarily have to be their individual church, but from their perspective as a senior pastor, what is something they think is is facing the church, you know, universal. And and the first week I had Pastor James Frost on. He pastors a church in Salida, a great church. I consider him a a good friend. I've been to his home and had dinner, my wife and I, and all of them, uh, his family, have had dinner together. And he came right out of the gate with um, that his concern is believers in the church, their, their low view of Scripture. In other words, they, they don't they don't hold the 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 word of God in esteem, and and that can show itself, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, if you never read the Bible, if you're not studying the scriptures, maybe memorizing the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures, you you, you can't say you have a high view of them. You know, <clears throat> somebody believes that this is the word of God, you, 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 you got to have a high view of it. You read it, you study it, you follow it, you live it out, whatever all those things might might be. And I think James, uh, Pastor James Frost is, is accurate. I, I think it is one of the things that is dogging, especially the American church, is um, the average believer just doesn't ha- have a high view of scripture. It's amazing to me on a weekend when you show up to church, how few people have Bibles. They didn't bring the, their Bible to church. Now, I know a lot of people will look on their smartphones and things like that at the scriptures, 
But I believe when it comes to church and hearing the word of God proclaimed by your pastor, whoever it might be, or if you're in a Bible study, you need to have the book with you, the actual book, so that you can take notes, mark it up, underline some scriptures, whatever all that might be, because it, it's it's hard to do that with your smartphones, you know. And, and so um, I think in America today, it's amazing to me how people that have walked with the Lord, they have no, they're just biblically illiterate. They don't even know what the Bible teaches, which means it's just easy for them to be kind of swayed in all different kinds of, of directions. And so I think uh, uh, Pastor Frost is, is right, and I'm glad that he brought that up. The second week, I had my friend Pastor Stuart Welch. He pastors Life Point Church uh, on the corner of um, Briggsmore and uh, Roselle. It's a great church, great church. He's a great guy. And the thing that he saw as a, an, an issue that troubled him in the church was people's low view of God's glory. They don't understand, you know, what he's saying is, is people just don't understand how great and awesome and majestic and, you know, holy uh, God is. And I think it's interesting because that goes hand in hand with number one. If you don't read the scriptures, then you can't really understand how great God is. And if you don't understand how great God is, you're going to have a low view of his glory and his grandeur. And so I thought it was really interesting. And none of these guys had talked to each other. I don't find out what they're going to say until I actually ask them here on the, on the podcast or the broadcast. And and so I just thought that was really interesting that Pastor Stuart Welch said, people, man, they just don't understand how awesome he is. And that, that, that comes out in the fact that people can come to church and cross their arms. They never sing. They're never excited about their relationship with the Lord. Um, maybe they don't give. They don't serve because they don't understand just how awesome and majestic and holy, you know, God is. And so I, I, I really, I, I agree with him. Then week three, I had my friend, Pastor Phil Baker on. Phil and I hang out uh, on many of occasions. He used to actually work at the church that I work at, Big Valley Grace. And what he saw, he, he really came at this from an interesting view um, as he kind of walked us all through church history. And the thing that was alarming to him is a form of uh, Arminianism that you see in the church today. And I think he was kind of specific about how people view salvation. How are, how, how did you come to know Christ as your savior? And I think it's really interesting that that's a doctrine that a lot of Christians don't know and they don't understand. How, how did I go from being a lost sinner? How did I go from a, a Christless eternity to being, you know, a, a part of God's kingdom to being one of God's children? Was, was that, was that a work of, of just the Holy Spirit in your life? Was that a, was that just you figuring it out, out on your own? Is it a combination of the, the two? What was it that 
opens your eyes to the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And I don't want to get into the topic, but I can tell you this, the Bible is crystal clear that unless God draws you to himself, uh, you're, you're doomed. It's God doing all the work. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. We're the lost. He came and did all the seeking. He came and did all the saving. All that you and I ever did was all the sinning, okay? And uh, so it's all a work of God. Jesus said, you, you, you don't choose me, but I chose you. And, and so our sin, it so messed us up. We don't want anything to do with God. It's all a work of God. But it was a, it was really a, a great heady conversation, week three. Last week, I had my friend, uh, Pastor Greg Perkins on the program. And Greg is a pastor at a wonderful church in uh, Waterford. And he is also a really, really great friend of mine. And what he shared was really interesting too. I, I thought uh, in his mind, the big issue or one of the big issues is that Christians just don't make church a priority in their life. Attending church, going to, you know, Sunday morning church is when most people or most churches meet. Our church, the church that I pastor at, we have a Saturday night service and two Sunday morning services. And I, I think he's right also. I, I, I think that in the American church, the, the Christians, those that claim to know Jesus, it, it just isn't a priority. For some reason, they have been deceived or duped into thinking that attending a building, going to a building and meeting with other believers really isn't all that important. And they demonstrate that by only going to church maybe once a month. That's what, you know, I think the last, uh, you know, Gallup poll told us that the average believer goes to church 1.3, 1.5 times a, a month. And uh, it's tragic to me. It, it's, it's, tr it, he, I think, I think Pastor Greg is absolutely right. I think that is a big issue facing our church that the average believer doesn't seem you know, he doesn't feel like it's necessary. He, he can, you know, our, our, our internet broadcasts, every church's internet broadcast is so good now. You know, I, I'll just stay home and sit in my PJs and drink my coffee and, you know, watch the sermon online. And, and, you know, that's better than nothing. I get it. That, that's better than a sharp poke in the eye, as they say. But it doesn't replace actually being in the building and fellowshipping with other believers and, you know, being there and serving and whatever all that is, it's, it, 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 it's a sorry substitute for that. Now I realize if someone gets sick or they don't feel good, you know, it's nice to be able to hear your preacher, you know, speak from home or whatever, if you're on vacation or whatever, that that's great. When my wife and I are on vacation, in fact, we're going to be on vacation for the next two weeks, we always go to church. We actually have a church uh, where we're going to go uh, on vacation, and it's where we go. For us, it's just, just part of our DNA. We're followers of the Lord, and we're going to go find some other followers of the Lord, and we're going to hang out together and 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 sing songs together, and I'm going to hear their preacher preach, and, and I look forward to Sundays. So those were the 
the four things that um, that we talked about. I, I'm hoping that maybe I might even do this while I'm on vacation. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I do have some other pastors lined up, so when I get back from vacation, we'll we'll continue along this this topic. But I can tell you a couple things that that are troubling uh, to me. One is the divorce rate in in the church. You know, one divorce is too many. I understand two non-believers who get married and they divorce. I understand. I, I get that. But when two believers, people who claim to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they, they claim to have denied themselves, taken up their cross, and they're following the Lord. And they came together and in front of God and, and a whole bunch of witnesses in the church made vows to one another. It's really troubling to me to see the divorce rate. And the testimony, the crummy testimony that is to their neighbors, their friends, the people they work with, it, 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 it just goofs up so many lives, you know, not only their lives, but the, the lives of their children if they have them. It is really, really sad to me what's happened in the church with people who don't know Christ or, or with people who do know Christ. I think we need to do a broadcast on that. I would tell you another one is disunity. I, I see that especially, it, it seems like today we are, are, all these denominations have their little tribes, you know, we all believe all these little certain things and we don't get outside of our tribes and we think that that group over there, you know, they're unbiblical because they don't believe everything the way I do or, hey, they're unbiblical because they don't believe everything that I do and, and certainly, I hold some things to be true. I, I, you know, there's only one way you're saved, and that's through a relationship with Jesus. That, that's it. That, that, you know what? That's, to me, one of the most, if not the most important thing. I believe that this is the inerrant word of God. I believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Uh, that's a non-negotiable with me. I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. That's a non-negotiable to me. I believe that Jesus hung on a cross three days later. He walked out of a tomb. That's a non-negotiable uh, for me. But then there's a lot of other things that just, you know, I, different Christians just see things differently than I do. It's not that they're unbiblical. It's just we see things differently. And they're still my brother or sister in Christ. And yet I... I see a lot of yapping at each other, and and that really bothers me. I think it bothers the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that you, you, you shouldn't believe things. We believe things. I believe certain things, but I can still fellowship and have friendships with those that maybe see some scriptures differently than, than I do. Let's give you one. You know, I I I I don't... I don't see anywhere in scripture where we're supposed to baptize babies or infants. I don't see it, okay? And at my church, we don't baptize babies. We don't baptize infants. But I have a lot of really great Christian friends, and in their denomination, they do baptize infants. And they can look at a set of scriptures, and they'll tell you all the reasons why they baptize you know, uh, babies. And though I don't agree with that, it's a secondary issue. They, you know, 
and they're my friends. I can hang out with them, do life with them, break bread with them. We just don't see eye to eye on that particular issue. I don't think that what they're doing is unbiblical. They just see some things differently than I do. Because on the essentials, how you're saved, and that's through a relationship with Jesus, you know, the inerrancy of Scripture, the virgin birth, Jesus walking out of the tomb, all that kind of stuff, we link arms on. And so divorce, disunity, and then, and then this one's a really interesting one. I think I may have to do a whole program on it someday, and that is, it seems like today people are choosing churches not because, you know, of theological reasons that, you know, this church believes all the things that I believe, and I'm going to make that my church. Or, you know, I'm not even talking about, hey, I like the preacher or I don't like the preacher. I like all their theology. I just don't like the preacher. He bores me or whatever it might be. But now we're, seems like there's groups of people out there choosing churches based on their, their political viewpoints. How people, uh, uh, how, hey, this church over here, you know, how they handled the mask mandate, I think was way better than how, you know, this church handled it. And so I'm going to go to that church or what they think of, you know, President Trump or President Biden or whoever it might be. And, and they're choosing churches based on political viewpoints. And that to me is really, really troubling. And we probably ought to do a whole broadcast on that too. But anyway, hey, listen, um, as I said, uh, my guy who was going to come, I can't tell you his name, obviously, but he, he came down with COVID and so I couldn't interview him. And so I just did a quick review of the four things we've looked at and maybe a preview of some of the things we'll look at in the future. And so thank you again for tuning in and watching. If you're watching this on Facebook, if you're listening to it on the podcast, thank you. Once again, leave a rating. If you're listening to the podcast, share this with your friends. Hey, listen, I love you. Make sure you find yourself in church this weekend, okay? Make sure you, you set aside some time, set your alarm, get up, comb your hair, brush your teeth, grab your Bible, grab your husband, grab your wife, grab your kids, whoever it might be, grab a friend, grab your actual neighbor and say, come on, we're going to church today. And there's a whole bunch of great churches in the city that I preach at, which is Modesto, California, Stanislaus County. If you don't live here, you live in some other state or whatever, let me tell you something. There's great churches. God has made sure there are great churches literally almost all over the globe. So make sure you find yourself in one this weekend. Okay, blessings, everybody. Bye.